Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 1. We start with verses 39 through 45 and 56 through 58. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. We continue with Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 45. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Thank you, Shannon. I want to say thank you to, um, reminded me, Shannon and, uh, and Ron and Laura and those of the choir that we have here today. Wasn't last Sunday just remarkable? Yeah. I think we are still basking in the glow of that. And um, I really left last Sunday feeling like I was ready for Christmas. Like, I, you know, I thought it should be the next day. Uh, but here we are still making our way. But it was such an incredible uh, gift that, that you all uh, gave in the sharing of that. So thank you. It stays with us. It keeps singing in us. The notion of blessing is both ancient and contemporary all at the same time. We find words about blessing here in this encounter between Mary and her older cousin, Elizabeth. 
Mary, having been told by the angel Gabriel that she would bear a child and that he would be the son of God, made a beeline for Elizabeth, who was also with child under some rather unusual circumstances. Elizabeth, you might remember, had been unable to bear children but was now pregnant with a boy, a boy whose life would be deeply intertwined with Jesus' life, a boy who would grow up to be known as John the Baptist. And when Mary arrived at Elizabeth's doorstep, the literal threshold of Elizabeth's home, she was also on the figurative threshold of a new and unknown part of her life. Who knows how Mary felt when she arrived at Elizabeth's? I have to think she was a bundle of emotions, afraid, excited, unsure, overwhelmed, worried, hopeful, confused, all that, I imagine, and more. And Mary was greeted by Elizabeth, who flung open the door, the door of her home, the door of her heart, offering words of welcome, reassurance, and love. I imagine it was the perfect balm for young Mary, confused, hopeful, afraid, It was perhaps just what she needed to see herself through Elizabeth's eyes, to receive this wholehearted blessing, this affirmation of who she was and what she was to be doing in the world. But what was it that Elizabeth saw? What was it she reflected back to Mary in this blessing? What Elizabeth saw, I believe, was God at work in Mary's life. Elizabeth perceived the holiness of the one Mary carried in her womb, and she sensed the divine nature of the labor into which God invited Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And not only that, Elizabeth also saw Mary's trust, her yes, in response to that divine invitation. Elizabeth said, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. Do you remember how it all went down? Mary received this outrageous, earth-shaking, life-altering announcement from the angel Gabriel, and then he left. Poof, he was gone. And Mary was left alone. In the absence of angelic visions and voices, perhaps Mary struggled to believe it was all real. She made her way with haste to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth provided just what Mary needed in those threshold moments, those moments where one life was ending, the one that had been certain and predictable, and another life, uncertain, unpredictable, but guided by the Holy Spirit, was just beginning. In writing about this passage, Dr. Christine Hong, assistant professor at Columbia Theological Seminary, speaks of her parents who are immigrants from Korea. Hong says, My mother used to say that back in the days of their immigration, whoever met you at the airport decided your destiny. 
In other words, she said, whoever greets you at the threshold as you become a new immigrant determines the direction your life moves. When her parents arrived in America, they were met by a Korean-American pastor who ushered them into a faith community that supported them in becoming established in all aspects of life. Hong says, my parents arrived and were greeted by Korean-American people who embraced them, settled them, and invited them to participate in building sustaining faith and peoplehood together. Hong goes on to talk about thresholds in her own life, places of change and transition, physically, emotionally, spiritually. She says, when I prepare to cross those thresholds, I look for the people and communities waiting on the other side, people and communities to anchor me and hold me in the nebulous space of change, uncertainty, and fear. Hong's reflections and the story of Elizabeth and Mary remind us that who receives us at a threshold, how we are received, matters. Our words and our actions have a profound impact. They have the power to create blessing, affirm belonging, support becoming for people at all kinds of different thresholds in life. So this notion of blessing goes way back, back to and well before the days that held the story of Mary and Elizabeth. But as I said before, the notion of, of blessing is also familiar, contemporary. The word blessing turns up frequently in our modern world. We see it and we hear it all over the place. But in many ways, the notion of blessing has shifted a bit in meaning. Some of you have heard of the prosperity gospel defined by historian Kate Bowler as the belief that God grants health and wealth to those with the right kind of faith. This movement and its theology has roots in the 1950s, but it has become more established over the decades, often being espoused by the most well-known of the televangelists. And filtered through the lens of prosperity gospel thinking, blessings have become more individualized and of a very specific nature. If I have the right beliefs, the right thoughts, the right actions, the right attitude, then I will have good health and abundant wealth. If I don't, I won't. Which might sound great to folks who are currently healthy and financially secure, but it leaves everyone else left to wonder what they're doing wrong. I stumbled across an article on the internet this week written uh, just earlier this year that in its title alone captures the essence of this way of thinking about blessing. The article is called 10 Reasons God Might Not Be Blessing Your Life. And it lists 10 things that one might be thinking, doing, not thinking, not doing, just getting flat out wrong that might be keeping one from receiving God's blessings of health, happiness, wealth, and success. And as we reach back to the interaction between Elizabeth and Mary, 
what feels so off to me about this article and this more contemporary way of understanding blessing is the implied notion that God's blessing will make life easier. When the angel Gabriel called Mary favored, when Elizabeth called her blessed, they weren't suggesting that she'd won the jackpot, that her life was going to be easy breezy, that all her troubles and worries would soon melt away. God's blessing, from this ancient perspective, doesn't seem to have anything to do with life being necessarily easier. No, instead it seems to be about life being more rooted and grounded in the divine, more meaningful, more purposeful, more connected, and certainly more communal. While the modern notion of blessing feels very individualized, the ancient notion of blessing seems necessarily tied to relationship. Elizabeth blessed Mary by seeing and naming the divine at work in her life. Blessings are given and received in and through relationship. In her book, This Here Flesh, Spirituality, Liberation, and the Stories That Make Us, Cole Arthur Riley shares a story about observing her father looking at himself in the mirror. She realized that the image in the mirror didn't exactly resemble him. She says, it was the first time it occurred to me that we will never really see our own faces. We can see in a mirror, and it's doing its best, but that is not your face, just an image of it, reversed and distorted. I remember thinking how much more handsome my father was in real life. She goes on to say, we need other people to see our own faces, to bear witness to their beauty and truth. God has made it so that I can never truly know myself apart from another person. I want someone to bear witness to my face that we could behold the image of God in one another and believe it on one another's behalf. And isn't that very much what Elizabeth did for Mary? Behold the image of God in her and believe it with and for Mary, even maybe before Mary was fully able to believe it herself. Many years ago in the Upper Room Disciplines, a book of daily devotions, a pastor named Janet Wolf shared a story about a woman named Fayette. Author and artist Jan Richardson has retold this story, so I'm sharing with you pieces of the original story as well as pieces of Jan's retelling. Pastor Janet served a very diverse church, Hobson UMC in Nashville, Tennessee. Fayette was a woman living with mental illness and lupus and without a home. She joined the new member class at Hobson and was drawn to the conversation about baptism, which Pastor Janet described as this holy moment when we are named by God's grace with such power it won't come undone. 
Fayette, delighted in this gracious notion of baptism, returned to it again and again, saying, And when I'm baptized, I am... And the class learned to respond, Beloved, precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. Say it with me so that we hear it together. So she would say, and when I'm baptized, I am beloved, precious child of God, beautiful to behold. Oh, yes, she'd say, and then the discussion would continue. The day of Fayette's baptism came, and Pastor Janet described it like this. Fayette went under, came up spluttering, and cried, And now I am, and we all sang, Beloved, precious child of God, beautiful to behold. Oh, yes, she shouted as she danced all around the fellowship hall. Two months later, Pastor Janet received a phone call. Fayette had been assaulted and was at the county hospital. So I went, Pastor Janet said. I could see from a distance pacing back and forth. When I got to the door, I heard these words, I am beloved. She turned, Fayette turned and saw me and said, I am beloved, precious child of God. And catching sight of herself in the mirror, hair sticking up, blood and tears streaking her face, dress torn and dirty, she started again. I am beloved, precious child of God. And she looked back in the mirror again and declared, and God is still working on me. If you come back tomorrow, I'll be so beautiful, I'll take your breath away. We receive a blessing when someone sees and names the image of God or the work of the divine in us, sometimes for us, until we can do it for ourselves. We are reminded in and through our faith that we are called to offer that kind of blessing to another in the world. Writer and theologian Debbie Thomas asked the question, could there possibly be a better job description for the church, a better prototype for Christian community, to do for one another what Elizabeth did for Mary, what the members of Hobson UMC did for Fayette, to be there for one another, for others, at life's thresholds, with words and actions of welcome, reassurance, and love, to see the divine in one another and reflect that back in a way that supports, sustains, and builds connection, in a way that is life-giving, even life-saving at times. As we enter into these final days of Advent, may we embrace our unique job description, our calling, in fact, to be people who receive this kind of blessing and then offer it generously to others. Jan Richardson, who I mentioned earlier, is an inspired writer of blessings, and if you haven't encountered her work, I commend it to you. She wrote this blessing, which I'll close with. It comes from the scripture passage about Mary's visit to Elizabeth, but it's also about Fayette. And finally, 
But as importantly, it's about us. It's so very much about us. It's called a blessing called sanctuary. You hardly knew how hungry you were to be gathered in to receive the welcome that invited you to enter entirely. Nothing of you found foreign or strange, nothing of your life that you were asked to leave behind or to carry in silence or in shame. Tentative steps became settling in, leaning into the blessing that enfolded you, taking your place in the circle that stunned you with its unimagined grace. You began to breathe again, to move without fear, to speak with abandon, the words you carried in your bones that echoed in your being. You learned to sing. But the deal with this blessing is that it will not leave you alone, will not let you linger in safety, in stasis. The time will come when this blessing will ask you to leave, not because it has tired of you, but because it desires for you to become the sanctuary that you have found, to speak your word into the world, to tell what you have heard with your own ears, seen with your own eyes, known in your own heart, that you are beloved, precious child of God, beautiful to behold, and you are welcome and more than welcome here. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? God of yesterday and God of tomorrow, from the very beginning you gave us the gift of relationships. From the very beginning you tucked us into communities. From the very beginning you wired us for connection. From the very beginning you made our hearts capable of love. This gift of relationship has led us to people who lead us to you and we are better for it. So today we want to say thank you for our Elizabeth, for the people who have thrown open the doors for us, who revel in our joy, who point out your presence in our lives, and who are quick to affirm us and call us blessed. Those people come in many shapes and sizes. For some of us, the Elizabeths in our lives are family members, parents and grandparents who have cheered us on along the way. For others, teachers and coaches, neighbors and scout leaders, professors and counselors. And we can't forget the way our chosen family, friends and partners have been like Elizabeth for us. These people have reminded us what love looks like in a hurting world, which has pointed us back to you. So today, God, we ask for your help in opening our eyes even more. We want to see you in those who love us well and in those who don't. We want to see you in those whose coffee order we have memorized and in those we have never talked to. We want to see you not only in those who are family, who look like us or think like us, but in those who come from very different places and positions in life. From generation to generation, 
you have left your fingerprints all over creation. Help us to be like Elizabeth, to see and celebrate glimmers of your good news in all walks of life. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 